from Relevant Magazine. It's the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, June 28, 2013, middle of summer. This is The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang. This week's show is brought to you by our friends at audible.com, the leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment on the internet. It's an amazing service with over 100,000 audiobooks available. You can buy individual books or for real savings, you can sign up for their Audible listener program, which gives you book credits each month for a low monthly fee. Listeners of the Relevant Podcast, you get a special opportunity from audible.com. If you go over to a specific URL, audiblepodcast.com slash relevant, they're going to give you a free month of their subscription service, as well as a free audiobook download. All you have to do is sign up over at audiblepodcast.com slash relevant. While you're there, check out uh, John Acuff's new audiobook called Start, maybe Christine Kane's audiobook, Undaunted. Although she has an Australian accent I learned last week. Yeah, her interview was amazing. Wasn't that great? That was incredible. Yeah, last week's... If you didn't get last week's podcast, go listen to the interview with Christine Kane, man. That was challenging. I was taking notes. Yeah. So go get it, audible.com. All right, well, joining me here in our Orlando studios is the very lovely Calvin Keerley. I love that introduction. Hey, everyone. <laughs> uh, to, his, to his right, the newest podcast member... Any new podcast. Any, yeah. any new I podcast. Think that one really has legs. <laughs> we'll get to feedback later, yeah. but I like Silk Eddie. <laughs> on the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, that's Jesse Carey. Hello. And over there on the ones and twos, our illustrious producer, Chad Michael Snavely. Hello, friends. So so last week was a momentous uh, week, you know. Eddie Eddie joined the crew. Ch- uh, Calvin came back. Uh, Eddie, what, you know, it's been, it's been seven days, give mm-hmm. or take now. How are you feeling? How, yeah. I feel good. How's your regret level? Yeah, it was roughly <laughs> super high <laughs> or incredibly high. Right. Uh, I was really impressed uh, by how, <laughs> how much people were like, oh, I'm so glad Calvin's back. And and, and then yeah, it was yeah. like, oh, and yeah, and there's another person that we don't remember his name. But Calvin is so great. I ate up the opportunity yeah. a little bit. No, to, to, steal the, to steal the spotlight from, yeah. from, yeah. from Fast Eddie. Yeah, so I'm going to actually leave. Are you just going to try I'm, out a whole bunch of them every time you refer <laughs> to them? It's, it's throwing noodles at the wall right now. <laughs> we, were, we were just standing back by the coffee machine, and a couple people walked by and introduced themselves to Eddie. And he had sincere, meaningful conversations with both of these people, encouraged them, loved them, yeah. said, you're doing great. Change your life. Talk about it. Literally, they walk away floating. I mean, they were so encouraged by encountering this man for 30 seconds. Yeah. You're, you're a young Bob Goff. I've always thought of myself like that, so thank you for acknowledging that. 
Do you, <laughs> I feel great. Derailment number I mean, one. I just earned that gratitude. <laughs> yeah, I really love you guys. So now you, you've had a, a week to reflect mm-hmm. on, on, on your podcast debut. Mm-hmm. What, what, what is your impression? What would you have changed? What are you going to bring to the table, if anything, different? Because I thought it went pretty well. But what's your, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, th- <laughs> I think I, people uh, say I talk really fast, which I didn't know. Fast Eddie. Yeah, yeah, but here's the thing is I don't even know I'm talking fast, but now I'm highly aware of it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really uh, like I, I'm trying to slow down, but it's not going to happen. But, but are you has that bothered you in other parts of your life, too? Like, oh, man, what if I'm always talking fast, not just on the podcast? No, I've never. You ever should think about, about that. <laughs> That's something I should know. Yeah, uh, let's see what other impressions. I think I would have been much more clear about my deep love for all people who are Asian, um, oh. despite their ability to process dairy or not. Right. Um, <laughs> I love and respect all of them. Um, I want to be really clear about that. That's, that's, good. that's good. So those are the primary Those are the two yeah. big things, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're glad to have you both back. Um, Thanks. It's nice to be back. Yeah, good. It's really fun. Especially Calvin. Yeah, it's really nice to have Calvin. By the way, <laughs> by the way, do you validate parking? Yeah, yeah. I hope I'm okay. You're okay. Okay. Yeah, Calvin. What was your reflections on your triumph? Of the yeah, it was odd how it felt. Well, that's because like, I kept touching you. Right. It was just felt weird, and then <laughs> you I was were realized, wearing you were wearing hair leggings. Right. Yeah. I was. Oh. <laughs> what I was gonna say is it felt. What was what I noticed was it felt like I it hasn't I hadn't been gone that long. It just felt like I took a week off. People really, really are taken by the puns and the list, though. Like, that's really, like, a common... And I it's think because, because you're really good-looking. They're, they're, no, no, they're no, the crowd-pleaser. No, 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 it's because of this. It's because I can say the most stupid, lame thing ever, and as right. long as Cameron calls me out on it, mm-hmm. I, I just become this underdog. And people think what I said was funny, oh, when I in see. actuality, <laughs> it's not that funny. I, it's like, it deserved to be called out. You're the little brother that everybody's rooting for. No, it's the dynamic. It's the uh, the yin and the yang. I, am I the yang? <laughs> We'll let you guys figure I that one we'll, out. We know. we'll talk about that when I get to the Asian beat later. Okay. <sighs> <laughs> oh, man. I really felt like we were walking a tight... We, we were going Nick Molinda <laughs> last week. We are really walking a tightrope. <laughs> Way yeah. to bring in Nick Molinda. They were a the tightrope walker. Did yeah. you guys watch that? I did sudden, watch I'm working it. out in the garage, and I'm starting to read... I'm reading Twitter, and things are, people are talking about this. What happened? <clears throat> he walked across the Grand Canyon. Oh, dude, it, it was the most compelling 22 minutes of television I've ever seen. Because you know at any moment that this man could plummet to the bottom of he the He wasn't, cane. like, tethered and stuff. So he, he watched across uh, Niagara Falls, like, six months ago, and that was on ABC, and ABC was afraid that he was going to die on live television, so they made him wear a tether. Oh. And so he walked across the Grand Canyon on Discovery. No tether. Did, did you guys all watch it? Did you see the cutbacks to Joel Osteen standing on the side no. of the king, literally biting his fingernails? It was. Hmm. He was praying it. the whole time. Yeah. He was. It was like because they was, have a mic on him. It was like Duck Dynasty style level of Jesus on national television. It, it wow. was more prayers than Tebow's whole career on that time. <laughs> but he just gets the other side, and then he did it right. Yep. And he's yeah. a Walenda, right? Like the Flying Walendas. That's yep. like a famous circus family. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was a really interesting article in GQ online this week that I was reading because I didn't know all about his family. I knew about the flying. With Linda's uh-huh. or whatever, but his grandpa was walking across uh, two hotels or something, and he fell yeah. to his death in like the seventies. More of the family would they were in a circus and they would do this thing where they would like seven of them would walk across and it was this crazy pyramid that they would do, and uh, one of them fell and th- two of them died and one of them was paralyzed at the circus and this was back in the early eighties. 
So this is all like his family. They based an episode of Seinfeld on it where he went to the circus yep. and Kramer passed his uh, kidney stone mm-hmm. and screamed so loud that the guy fell off the tightrope. Right. I'm sure it was a Lin- oh, Linda. I'm pretty sure. It was I, I heard that one of them, after his parents died in a trapeze accident, was adopted by this strange, uh, dark billionaire. And started fighting crime. Weird. Yep. We're yeah. with you. I get jokes. Keep going. It was Robin, guys. It was Robin. Oh, yeah. Sure. No, the Sh- Robin Walinda. The Joel Schumacher Robin. Yeah. Chris O'Donnell. You guys didn't see that one? <laughs> Jesse, you had a big week. Uh, you, you, you made national news on a website. <laughs> it, was un- it was a thrill. John Acuff got interviewed uh, about his new book on uh, some Christian website. And so, at the end of the interview, as every high-caliber interview would do, they did a lightning round with John. Oh, great. Oh, yeah. And great. so... It, uh, it, right, right after asking him about his spirit animal. Yeah. Number nine on the question was... <laughs> what Number nine that they asked him was, who's the funniest person you know? And he said, uh, Tripp and Tyler, these comedians that they have at Catalyst, they're funny uh-huh. guys. Uh, and then he said, but but honestly, there's this guy on the Relevant Podcast named Jesse yeah. who Skypes in and, and, oh, and is right. the funniest guy I know. He said, it's so hard to be funny on Skype. And he does this every yeah. week. And he's like, it is it is just an amazing thing to behold. It really is remarkable. Yeah. Well, well I, I was flattered and humbled because I don't think of myself as anywhere near as funny as a guy uh, like... John Acuff and I think some days I barely hold my own with the rest of the crew so it's a very nice thing for him to say that is true but the the thing about the difference between you and John is you guys have such different types of approaches to humor that I think both of you appreciate the other approach so well mm-hmm. Jesse you're so good like on your toes improv real quick witted John writes I mean obviously you write funny too and John's also quick witted but I think John's more of a a humorist, a writer yeah. who's really funny. Right. He crafts things. He crafts ideas. He probably has sticky notes all over the place. Whereas Jesse, you're just top of the dome. And I think both of you appreciate what was that? Top of the dome. Cool. Good phrase. <laughs> Good I'll write that down. <laughs> top of the dome. I'm going to use that before this show's over. So I'm surprised. I'm not surprised it's that you two back. kind of have a humor crush on each other. Honestly, yeah. Because every every time he's on the podcast I, after it's over, I'm like, man, I don't know how he does it. Like I, because I seriously think, and if you follow him on Twitter, it, he's consistently really funny, right. you know, and and I and it that's really hard to do, especially in different mediums. Like it's hard to be funny on Twitter, it's hard on a podcast, on, in a, in a book form, yeah. you know, that's really mm-hmm. difficult. But he manages to do it. But yeah, I feel like sometimes I lean. My crutch is, is absurdity sometimes, just because I personally think it's funny. But I do think, like I said, I was really flattered, especially coming from a guy like him, that, that he finds uh, some of uh, you know the, the material on the podcast uh, humorous. I found out about it because your wife was so, bragged about you on Facebook and linked I to it. I saw that. How, Sweet. How, did, how did she come across it? Did you come across it? The, the, the interviewer, yeah. after the, the interview was published, sent me a link. Uh, and I saw it, and I showed Dana, and she was very excited about it, and so then she shared it. Did that change her mind of how funny she finds you? <laughs> I, I, I definitely think so. You're going you're gonna to totally use it like on the way to church when you're practicing your announcement materials. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like, really? You know who does think that's funny? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me call him up. Yeah. I'm not sure you've heard of Johnny Cuff, but yeah. God, I want to run a macaroni joke by uh, just riff for a minute here. I got hey, by the way, I got you on speaker. <laughs> 
Okay, okay. So, so obviously you're referencing, you know, going and doing your church announcements, which you know both of you talked about last week. Uh, both you do announcements at your church this week. Our dear friend Eddie, Fast Eddie, oh. posted something on Facebook. First, you commented on somebody else who posted it. Zach, I guess, posted it, and then and then you posted this video. Oh uh, yeah, of a church service, and then I posted the same thing. Uh, oh yeah, there's a, there's <laughs> set it up. So this pastor, Jim Standridge. Uh, the, the video is called Jim Standridge Has a Hissy Fit. Uh-huh. This and is it, not a hissy and fit. And it kind of is like just either wheels off the wagon or just a glimpse of what always happens. But he basically... Wheels off the wagon. I like that, too. I'm going to put that next to the top of the dome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wheels off the dome. So uh, so he basically is in the, in the pulpit, I assume, preaching, and uh, just kind of does... Uh, what is it called when comedians do that? He just kind of does some crowd work. And he just kind of yeah. walks into the crowd and begins systematically destroying everyone well, in his congregation so many, for <laughs> any re- like like and revealing then, like yeah. secret sins from counseling. Oh yeah, and then yeah, when yeah, he goes totally. right to left across the congregation, <laughs> then and this is the part where the first time I watched, I was angry, and the second time I was wheezing, laughing. He, this poor sweet boy who you know is fourteen years old, is back in the video booth named Cox, <laughs> and he demolishes poor Cox <laughs> in the sound booth, and it is the worst best so, video on the internet. Can we cue it? Yeah, yeah, we got. We're gonna play here in a second. So apparently, it starts out because a guy was not paying attention during during the service, and he calls him out, walked down to him, right, and then now he's in the crowd. He's gonna just gonna tell everybody else he sees he's got oh, a problem with. It was unreal. It was unbelievable. So when I saw it the first time, I've only watched it once. Uh-huh. I was so angry yeah. about the spiritual abuse. <laughs> I was then. So sad, and then I, I agree with you. This is like so absurd. Like you can't not laugh at this. But I'm gonna we're gonna play a little bit. And somebody said something to me on Twitter that I want to ask you guys about. So so this is uh, Jim Standridge, a pastor in Oklahoma, uh, losing his mind. Son, don't go to sleep while I'm talking. Hey, hey, yeah. hey! Don't 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 you lay your head back. I, I'm I'm important. He's in the pulpit and now he's walking. I'm important. Now you might do your English teacher that away. But I'm not teaching English. I'm teaching eternal life here. I love you. You know I love you. Have I convinced you I love you? Uh, yeah. He's, he he's in the row. He went and <laughs> went right to the person who oh, fell yeah, asleep. Down the you listen to me. You say, well, he may never come back. Well, he ain't here now. It's a fair point. <laughs> Where <are> you been? <laughs> Mr. Yeah. And I noticed on the calendar I'm supposed to marry y'all. What makes you think I'd marry you? Oh, this is, this uh, is You're tough. one of the sorriest church members I have. Ooh. You're not worth 15 cents. Ooh. You can't get this in any other church in town. You're right about that. I like that. I, that's a selling feature. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, y'all don't want me. All you got to do is tell me. We won't have a church fight. It's my favorite Because I'll get my little Connie, and we'll get in her little Buick Enclave. It's paid for. Snow and there. Yeah. We'll sell what we need to sell, and we'll go on down the road, and we'll find some little podunk church that don't know up from down, and I'll find me a dozen Joe's baskets who don't have a pot or a window and who will shout Jesus, and I'll give the rest of my life to them. I'll find a dozen I, dr- jo- I drive a Dodge Stop, drive. stop, stop, stop <laughs> I'll find a dozen Joe's <laughs> baskets. Joe's baskets who don't know what? don't have a pot nor a window. What is that? What does that, that mean? That's that's a a mean? I'm going to write that one too. Don't have a pot or a window. Yeah. It's a pot to pee in, and I don't hey, get the window thing. Would Joe's baskets means, possibly right? be a late contender for nickname for me? I'll find a dozen oh, yeah. Joe's uh, baskets. Joe's, Joe's, but see, what is Joe's baskets? Well, he's pointing to a guy. Apparently, there's a name and guy named Joe's baskets in the back that that this pastor loves. I'll, I'll take a, t- a dozen Joe's baskets. Yeah. My Buick Enclave. Well, no, me I think that's because Joe is always doing the. Uh, the offering collection, and he calls him Joe 
Baskets because he keeps uh-huh. you know, carrying uh, around. There it is. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah Joe Baskets is his the way, nickname. Yeah. The way he, he references his Buick Enclave is like how Michael Scott talked about the, the <laughs> Chrysler Sebring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's probably got a spoiler on the Enclave. Yeah. <laughs> you remember when I came here, Kelly? You remember where your wife was, where your sisters were? Do you remember where they were? And we made holy war. Do you remember that? Stay with me. Don't quit me. I love it. Oh, Brandy. Oh, Brandy's a sweet girl and she's got her children. Yes, y'all are good and y'all are fine, but your children will turn on you if you don't hold up the standard and the banner of God. God. Love it. And if they don't turn on you, they'll just... You'll just produce nice little whirlians. Whirlians. What? <laughs> Write that one down. Is that yeah. a Scientology thing? I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> Are y'all keeping the camera on me back there in Here the we go. little video room? You don't pick a fight with the video team. Just, the the just, kid that's volunteering your time? We're having trouble in the video room. There's no one finer than young Cox back there. <laughs> and he comes down here and spends hours in that thing. But he has a little attitude adjustment that we're going to fix for the Cox, you listening? Fourteen-year-old boy sitting back there. <laughs> That's volunteering. Because, Brother Cox, I can fix your ju- attitude adjustment. And I don't care what your mama thinks and yeah. your daddy thinks. It doesn't matter. And I don't have a better friend than your mama. But, Mama, you get out of my way when I'm messing with that boy because I'm his preacher. I'm, I'm yours when what? I'm talking to you. But I'm his when I'm talking to him. Yeah. What? Well, Cox did. And last I checked, he's a grown man. Yeah. Cox needs an attitude adjustment. So he's this he's, isn't he's all to fix his attitude adjustment. And that video room ain't going to be a youth hangout. Hang out with their youth hangouts. With their drugs and their we DC talk. We can't give the youth a place to, to hang out. They need to be on the streets with drugs. Can I interview somebody from DC talk? Yeah. Yes. You want the, the cool. youth ain't hanging out here at the church. I don't know what I'm doing yeah. wrong. <laughs> well, if you don't know what you're doing wrong, son, you don't care yeah. about what I want to do right. Because if you loved me and you submitted to me, you'd know what my heart is and my message is, and you wouldn't go about establishing your own kingdom in the video room. Oh, those video and room So we'd like kingdoms. to welcome the new yeah. folks here this week. <laughs> <laughs> so grateful that you are here and you brought the church into this room. We're any volunteers. We have several openings. Yeah. Uh, parking, video, worship. You flogged publicly by Pastor Jim. He would love to spend some time. I yeah. really mm-hmm. feel good now. What did, the, what did somebody yell there? Preach it? Jesus. Unlock the door. I gotta <laughs> run. I gotta get <laughs> out of here. He's like, <laughs> he's like, let me out of the video he's room. Like, Preach it? <laughs> like, i.e., don't yell at me. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. In truth, yeah. that, was Jim's, that was Jim's No, baskets. that was Joe Baskets. Yeah. Yeah. Joe Baskets. Yeah. Joking <laughs> aside, I mean, that is disheartening that that exists. And I realize it becomes so popular because it must not be. I mean, that can't be happening a lot of places like this has got to be a unique situation i hope or is this just no, i think that's is old there school. a faction that's, of- that's the weekly word <laughs> I, it made me so mad so sad I, I i posted on twitter and and uh just said like <laughs> come on 99 percent of the people you know had a similar reaction to us like come on come on yeah, really you, cool. did you have the one percent yell and preach it no i had the one percent a couple people pushed back and said your problem was that with him is that he called people out in public mm-hmm. and didn't handle it with grace. What did you just do to him? And, 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 and I got to be honest with you, like on one hand, I'm like, no, this is totally different because yeah. these people just came to church and he publicly humiliated them, made them a victim. And this man did that publicly. And mm-hmm. I am just pointing to something that he made public. Mm-hmm. You know, these people didn't make public. They were just mm-hmm. a church. So I feel like, it is different, and, and it's a 
to me, I'm pointing to it not to condemn him, but almost like it's it's a sobering reminder of the state of the American church and that we as a generation coming up need to look at the good and bad of leaders and 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 you know try to find a, how to do it the right way i guess you know yeah. but anyway but so I, my heart and kind of saying and like putting that out there wasn't to 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 judge the man the way that he was judging those people in his church mm-hmm. but it really like i i'm not open i mean i'm not above criticism and i and i i wonder what you thought about that statement because a couple people said that to me i get it but i, I think get it too. I, I i do see what they're saying um and i don't say the following point to try to negate that but i feel like his pulpit is to be used for the sharing of the gospel. Okay. What we do at Relevant as part of the podcast and part of the magazine is comment on the... What's happening in culture. That's right. Church. And he's what's happening in culture. So I feel like we've got... Well, this is kind of personal, our duty. But this is my personal Twitter account and people, you know, he was saying to me, like, personally, like, you are doing... You did what that guy did. But but isn't, isn't he, you know, held to a higher degree of a higher standard and degree of accountability and even public scrutiny because, I mean, no one forced him to be in the ministry, you know, and and certainly no one forced him to make those comments on video. Mm -hmm. Doesn't that put him at a different level of, of, I'm not saying judgment of, but certainly, I mean, we're supposed to hold up the teachings that we get in the church to see if they line up. And obviously that tactic doesn't. Cameron, let me ask you a question. Is your Buick Enclave paid for? Because <laughs> you and Connie, because out of here. It could be the different hey, difference right here. I don't need this. I just need 12 uh, Joe's baskets. Okay. Well, <laughs> start a new podcast of some whole po- dunk magazine I'll down the street. Some, who on the po- <laughs> They don't have no pot nor window. I will, yeah. I will start a newsletter. Sorry. It was, <laughs> call, oh, yeah. your, what would your relevant ma- newsletter be called? Jesse, this feels like where you hop in and help. <laughs> My, my Dance relevant, monkey. It would be called the Enclave. Yeah. <laughs> See, there it is. That's all we needed. That's why you're the John Acuff of podcasting. <laughs> the John Acuff of podcasting. That's his new it's intro. This is his new intro. <laughs> oh, and on the so- Skype line for the John Acuff of podcasting, Jesse Carey. Well, Speaking when, of, when John Acuff isn't doing a podcast, yeah. I will be the John Acuff of podcasting. Yeah. No. I want to start off my comment by saying that I'm important, but then I would like to right. continue by saying that. <laughs> now Eddie's and walking I own downtown. a fully paid for Buick Enclave. Yeah. <laughs> I have three more payments. Just to be really, parents. really clear. Yeah. I, part of the, the tragedy of it is is just the wasted potential. Like, I, I know this guy's really going off and getting really intense, but he kind of seems like if he was able to focus that energy on, like, actually preaching, he's probably pretty good at it. A good preacher. It, yeah, Can and then a couple that's, moments where I'm like, "All right," because there's a lot of people in that that church. There's him. I mean, it feels like it's just like I know this is that isn't like the overriding tragedy of this video clip, but it's just like, oh man, what you could have done with that five minutes other than make this YouTube fodder? It just makes me really sad. That's just it bums me out. It bums me out that this is how people see the church, and uh, it bums me out for Jim, whatever his name is, because he's clearly. A broken man who's been through a lot. He's grasping at straws. Right. He's he's uh, somehow, you know, legalism has been distorted in his heart, and he's asserting power as a way to make people love him. And he feels unloved and unsupported, and that's what came out there. But on the bright side, that enclave is fully paid. <laughs> so, so and, and and also on the bright side, Jesse, you and Eddie both now have 
reference material and a script for your <laughs> announcements. Jesse, you got suspended for something far less than what we just witnessed. It's yeah. A, I'll, I, is it far less, though? <laughs> because yeah, if, I, um, <laughs> if I had to... Did, did anyone accuse him of heresy? Yeah. Let me ask you that. Because, I mean, he did pretend he was the devil. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, think my, I think my thing is people didn't appreciate you know, things that they perceived as heresy during the announcement portion of the service. Right. That should All be right. just a safe time. Okay. Nobody yeah. expects anything from Ed McMahon. No, no. My humor's not safe. Oh, you're like the Aslan. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I'm the, the Aslan of a, I'm the Aslan slash John Acuff of announcement. It's no big deal, but that's what I call myself. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. Gosh. Okay. So, we have a great episode for I'm you today. I'm important. <laughs> are, we, are we just getting to, like, yes. here's what the show's about? Yes, yes. Isn't it over? Are we no, done? Yeah, we're <laughs> okay, okay hit, there you go. Hit record. Um, yeah, well, coming up later, we uh, talked to one of our favorite groups, Fitz and the Tantrums. Uh, they have a new album out, uh, so stay tuned for that. And also, the new issue of Relevant with Vampire Weekend on the cover. A very surprising interview hmm. with Vampire Weekend. A very spiritual turn for them. Uh, it's coming up later. We bring in Tyler. We get him out of timeout. And uh, they <laughs> they join us. Talk about the new issue of Relevant. So stay tuned for that. But up first, your entertainment releases. Music coming out on Tuesday, July 2nd. Fresh new tunes for your July 4th road trip. Or picnic. Or lonely solitude. Uh, Hillsong Live is coming out with Glorious Ruins. Well, I mean, if you're not going to be with friends, if you're with friends, you're going to have a pi- you're going to eat. So there's a picnic, or you'll like drive somewhere. And if you're not doing one <laughs> those of those two things, options. you're yeah. going to be home alone, crying, Sit quietly right. weeping, listening right. to Hillsong Live's "Glorious Ruins" because it'll remind you of the state of your life. <laughs> Glorious ruins. Yeah. Gosh. Sitting at home alone, crying though is underrated. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's a great. You got to get it time. out. If yeah. you're going really, to do that, what you want to do is get a live worship album. If you if you're going to want if you're going to do that, you're going to want two things. You're going to want a, a great live worship album, right. and you're going to want explosives. Yeah, <laughs> so, you know, just things you can light on fire that are meant to be lit on fire. Yeah, and then you're you're really good to go. I mean, talk about just purging all those emotions out. <laughs> July fifth, you wake up a new man or woman. Yeah. But I like it. Yeah. Uh, also coming out on. Well, uh, not, you wouldn't wake up. Hopefully, a woman. If you were a man before, <laughs> I just want to be clear. You would. You would stay the same. It's not some sort of like. Just, you know, it's not. Right. Yeah, it's not like sometimes. Yeah. Anyway, top of the dome. Uh, <laughs> Reliant K. Reliant K is coming. Oh, Reliant Boston. K. Reliant K is still around, nice uh, with a collapsible lung. Collapsible oh. lung is the name of the album. That's quite Ooh. graphic. That's rough. Yeah. <laughs> on Thursday, July 4th, which is unusual, this is not a music release day. So Thursday, July 4th. Oh. Because he can. Jay-Z is releasing Magna Carta Holy Grail. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love so, him. Yeah. I'm so stoked. He's Me such too. a cool guy. I really I just, So, so you I'm know, I, our friend Carl Lentz. I'm, I'm, I'm friends with Carl Lentz, pastor of Hillsong, New York. Yeah. And I follow him on well, Instagram. Former Virginia Beach resident, might yeah. I add. Follow him on Instagram. Cool. And... Uh, <laughs> Big Enclave fan. Yeah, fully paid for. Fully do you think for. you and I are ever going to meet in person? Jesse? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to fly him down and do <laughs> yeah. like medieval times and stuff. Oh, neat. Yeah. So Anyhow, back to your story about <laughs> that guy. So, so I follow him on Instagram last week, and, and I follow a few. And he's been ministering to, you know, if you know him, he, he ministers to a lot of the Knicks players and Justin Bieber and just like and whatever. And you'll just see Carl in the peripheral of like photos and stuff. Like, you know, Scooter Magruder. Uh, uh, Justin Bieber's manager will will show a picture from Milan, and it'll be like Justin and Judah Smith and Carl Lenz hanging out on a boat, and you're just like, right. "What classic?" You know, and, and like yeah. it's just normal. Mm-hmm. Okay, so anyway, 
And this guy is all about Jesus. I, I was in New York uh, for my birthday and was going to get together with Carl, and he's like, "Oh man, I can't. I'm not going to be there last second. And he and he sends me a picture of of where he was. He was in. He was baptizing Tyson Chandler in a hotel pool in L.A. at that exact moment. Mm. What in the world? So he just lives a surreal life. Okay, that sounds J- like a Mad Libs. Jay Z. Yeah, like yeah, this yeah. is what I'm doing. Yeah, <laughs> Jay Z. So Jay Z. So last week, Kevin Durant. I mean, sure. All NBA. Kevin Durant. Uh, Carl's led him to the Lord, and Sunday night at Hillsong, nine o'clock service. Three people, they call it, I have decided, and they give their testimonies, and Carl interviews them and stuff. And so Carl Instagrammed a picture of just three congregants of the church. And the third one happened to be Kevin Durant, you know. Anyway, so Kevin Durant's live for the Lord. Anyway, so this week, Kevin changed managers. He signed with Jay-Z's Rock, Rock Nation. Nation. Mm-hmm. You know, as uh, for his marketing and yeah, and, uh, and for his and for his albums, uh, yeah. Kevin Durant. And so, Ke- so his I follow, gutter cleaning service. So I follow, <laughs> I follow Kevin Durant. That's a great commercial. I follow Kevin Durant on Instagram, and so he tweets two pictures the day he signed. He tweeted a picture of him pinned to paper in yeah. Jay Z over his shoulder, mm-hmm. and then he tweeted a picture or posted a picture just after you know post picture of him standing there, arms around Jay Z and Carl Lentz. Carl Lentz was in the room when Kevin and Jay signed with Jay Z, and he's hanging out. And here's the thing about Carl: he is all about Jesus all the time. He will be there in that room. I guarantee you, witnessing to every person in the room and lean him. To, you know, and I'm just there going, "What? What kind of life does this guy live? This is crazy." <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting there looking. Kevin Durant just posted a picture of his new contract, and it's him, Jay Z, and Carl Lentz. Yeah. And, uh, N- none of that stuff would impress me too. Like, like yeah, NBA would be like, guy. "Oh, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. That's neat." It's the combo, right? But, well, but Jay Z yeah, yeah. is kind of like, "Oh man, right. that yeah. is really cool." Yeah, that's that amazing. You want to hear the other person I clammed up in front of? I mean, I really, really shut down. Was a uh, Mac Powell from Third Day? <laughs> if I told you this story, <laughs> no. like I never really like met out that. of intimidation. No, like I haven't met too many famous people, and I, I don't really like get too like jazzed about it. But like I met, I saw Mac Powell, and he was like signing CDs, and I was like in youth group, and I shut oh. down, and he was really gracious <laughs> to me. But I still am like, I I kind of can't believe that was a reaction. I mean, like he's famous, but. I feel like I he, he's sort of, nothing against him, but he's sort of like Christian famous, right? You know? But I like really clammed up, and all I got out was like, "I know how to play love song on guitar." <laughs> you know that song? I, I know how to play, it. and that's all I could get out. And he was like, "Cool man, are you in a band?" And I was just like, "Yeah, we did a demo." And I'm like, "I am losing <laughs> oh, it," and I just like emergency buzzers are going off my head. And it's like, "Get out of here!" And then, <laughs> in front of Mac Powell, and but then like, he put his arms on you, and he said, "One day you shall be known as Lil Miracle." <laughs> and that's how if, I got if my. If that's name. how you reacted in front of Mac Powell, I'm pretty sure you just die. Like, just literally, you just collapse right in front of Jason. I know. I have no frame of reference though, because I mean, I feel like sports people, most musicians, it just wouldn't phase me. But yeah, Mac Powell. Can we get him on the podcast? Oh, Watch me I'm freak sure out for we an could. hour. That would be amazing. Hey, Mac Powell, like, you want to hear me play? Uh, the movie release is coming out on Wednesday, July third, just in time. So if you're alone and not on a car ride or mm-hmm. at a picnic on July fourth, really can, sad July fourth. You can go hand, see these you? movies by yourself. Uh, Despicable Me Two coming out with Steve Carell. Oh, that's not what you want to see alone and sad. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Russell Brand's in it. Benjamin Bratt and the Lone Ranger, Johnny oh, Depp, and another Arnie one. Hammer. 
Yep. The Lone the Ranger. Lone. This is like a freebie. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jesse, somebody, Despicable Me and Lone Ranger? <laughs> Movies you don't want to see when you're sad and alone? <laughs> On Friday, July 5th, because they're just giving the fourth to uh, those two, uh, Stuck in Love is coming out. Uh, Kristen <laughs> Bell and Jennifer Connelly. Okay, that'll do it for entertainment releases. Stay tuned. Up next, Slices. I am Portions of this week's podcast are brought to you by Go International. Live your dreams. To a lot of people, that sounds more cliche than realistic. But what if you could truly live your dreams? Imagine if you could discover your passion, learn how to walk it out, and use it to touch the world. GoInternational.tv invites you to submerge a seven-month semester overseas that will unlock your creative heart and soul. Now accepting applications for South America 2014. For more information, you can visit us online at GoInternational.tv slash submerge. You're listening to D.L. Rossi. The song is The Fool. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard editors with the song A Ton of Love. Someday I just want you to go like, I just want to hear you say like, that was, uh, that was Unbreak My Heart by, what was the name of the girl? Tony, Tony Braxton. Braxton. That was Tony Braxton, Unbreak My Heart. That, that, that was a cover of the third day song. What song did you Love cover? Song. Love, Love Song. Love Song. By Eddie Miracle. <laughs> by Lil Miracle. <laughs> I like Eddie Miracle. <laughs> Eddie Miracle. Yeah. I like we we apologize for the audio quali- quality, but this was a 1998 demo. Yeah, that we did on my, my friend's four-track tape recorder. Technology's come a long way. And then we, had, we had young 14-year-old Cox mix this for us. <laughs> AV specialist. Yeah, get that kid Down out of at the Youth Hangout Studio. Making that his his sanctuary. Oh, you got time for that, his kid? Kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> He's out there mixing third day cover demos. Cox. Smoking your youth drugs. <laughs> I almost just spit out my coffee. <laughs> All right. It's time for slices. Uh, what do you have there, Jesse? Mama don't get in the way of me. <laughs> All right, so if you guys follow some of the, the weird news websites, which I'm assuming we all do, uh, you may have seen this headline running last week. Local man in coma after eating 413 Red Lobster biscuits. Oh, those yeah. Red Lobster biscuits are good, though. 413. I realize that's not the point. Each one of them has 450 calories. Well, 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 just wait. So so it is conceivable that if you were to consume that many, you would be in a coma. Uh, Now, if you had read the the full story along with the headline that (laughs) ended up being picked up in newspapers throughout the world, uh, (laughs) UK, Australia, Germany, they were purporting this as fact, you would have seen that it was from uh, a website that said it was Arkansas's second most unreliable news source. And fact. Facts in the story included that butter had clogged an artery to the man's brain, and doctors had already drained two liters of it, oh. of pure butter. Oh. So obviously, the, the article, as oh. is the website that the, the article came from, is a work of satire. Uh, because one, I don't even think it's humanly possible to eat 413 Red Lobster biscuits. But that didn't stop editors from around the world running with the story about uh, a, a, an American Southerner who, who, in the story, said he was a food writer that uh, tasted these for the first time and just couldn't help himself when he found out they were free. That you know the wor- the the piece itself was meant to be a joke about overconsumption and obesity and fast food culture. But it was picked up around the world as a true story, much like several of the Onion stories recently 
were picked up in, in countries that didn't real that didn't have a taste for American satire. No kidding. They're picking this stuff up as truth. They're just not getting the joke. Yeah, so I mean, it makes sense. I mean, Onion looks kind of real. And if well, well, the Onion a while back did a story that said that uh, Kim Jong Un, the the right. young dictator of North Korea had been named the sexiest man alive. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and that story was run in several countries as fact. Um, so so it's, either, it's either that Americans are the only country that, that have that brand of satire or editors around the world are incredibly lazy. That's amazing. So, so moral of the story, don't, before you believe, if a story sounds too outrageous, and I know we like to talk about insane, funny news stories, if it sounds too outrageous to actually believe, you may want to check to make sure it's not satire first. Which is most of the news on this podcast. Right. This is right. why they view America the way they do. Because because we trick them with our witty satire. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I want to say that stuff. <laughs> Let's find a new thing to talk about. I still want to be liked. <laughs> I'm important. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm important. Come on. All right. What do you have, Eddie? Cool. What, what determines the order? Me. The cool. mood of the room. Yeah. yeah. Reading the room. Reading the room. All right, here is, uh, you know, there's been a lot of conversation lately about, this isn't, uh, you know, about drones, and, you know, President Obama's had to make statements about this, and the legality and ethics of drone flying. Well, finally, there has been uh, a use for drones that I think makes a lot of sense. By the founders of Yelp, they've created a drone called the Burrito Bomber, and this is true, (laughs) and this is an actual news source called CNN, so you know it's true-ish. <laughs> but it's basically true, uh, where they have created a prototype for a drone that you will order a burrito, then they will s- send the drone, and it will drop the burrito out of the drone via a little parachute, and you will get your. It's a delivery service drone. The, the, it does say in there that the burritos cost nine hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so they're uh, talking about um, making this into a real thing, and uh, there were. Uh, some joke versions of this. Uh, well, the- can I interrupt for one second? Ask a question, a little clarification. Sure. Are you supposed to be just be waiting outside for the for the drone to fly by and catch the parachute this, and burrito? This is really where the hilarity of the whole thing comes in. Because is there just a countdown timer? Like you order it online, and they're <laughs> like, your your burrito will be dropped in front of your office. You know, in twenty two yeah. seconds. Do you have like a baseball mitt or something? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> How fast is the burrito falling? Right. Yeah. right. There's a lot of questions. Uh, there it were just explodes on contact. <laughs> That's right. Do they send an initial drone for a little recon work, like around your neighborhood? Right. You just make sure there's no obstructions or or, or nefarious burrito thieves, like waiting in the bushes to intercept the the burrito. I I would like to say you used the word nefarious last week, and it has been impressive both times. (laughs) I'm really impressed. I'm really impressed by that. That top of of the dome vocabulary. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to knock that one off the running list I have here. Yeah. Two weeks uh, in a row, that's enough. So the taco copter apparently was a hoax and didn't uh, <laughs> didn't exist. And Domino's Domacopter is uh, a recent YouTube sensation, which I did not see. Did that's, you see that? I did not. It what? makes me want to like get a massive like like net and like hang out near the burrito store and just try to swoop the burrito drones out of the air to take the burritos. I think drones right. would be good for uh, for barbecue too, like smoky drones. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> Like smoky bones, yeah, like yeah. smoky bones. That's why yeah. they love you. We're all rooting. You know, for when you. you say that, it really kind of hurts. <laughs> <We're> <laughs> no, <all laughs> no, but every time I say that, there are going to be five thousand people tweeting. We do love Calvin. <laughs> so that's my that's my slice. I like it. It's good. It's what good do you have, Calvin? Um, all right. This this slice kind of delves into the supernatural a little bit. So I'd like to good. Is it is it about is there Finally. a cryptozoology angle? Uh, yeah, pretty much. 
this is a story out of uh, Manchester, England. Um, it's a Manchester museum. They have a 4,000-year-old statue that was recovered, recovered from a mummy's tomb. And they, uh, there's reports that this statue is moving without anybody moving it. Have you, like, have you watched the video? Like a Ouija board? Yes. Huh. And yes, Jesse, yes. Uh, it's you know, supposedly cursed, this 10-inch tall statue of a man named Neb Senu. I don't know if someone wants to... No, that's right. That. No, it's Neb, sure that's it's right. Neb Senu. Because um, Imhotep is easier to pronounce, but that's not who it is. No, no. Um, and Neb Senu was originally an offering to the god Osiris and has been in the museum for over 80 years. Up until a few weeks ago, it was a statue, normal statue. It was stationary, not moving. And then uh, someone who works there noticed one day it had turned around like, uh, what do they say? It was like 180 degrees from where it had been placed. And this isn't just something that you can actually people can access and oh, i'm just gonna turn it cleaning crews cleaning crew right this story there's no way this story isn't out of like the manchester version of the onion and we're, <laughs> and now we're buying it there's a tiny ben stiller that's on the case been, uh, that's been locked there trying to figure it out yeah, so what they're doing is they're replacing the statue with a burrito and then they're gonna no okay uh, so they uh we love count <laughs> uh so this person who works there named price um had noticed one day that the, the statue was facing in a completely other direction. He returned the statue to its original position and set up a time-lapse video. And you can actually see the video of the statue turning on its own. Now, what they're saying is they're trying to bring reality into it, and they're saying that based on the, uh, the vibrations of foot traffic in the museum and where they are and the way that the statue is placed on this table, mm-hmm. that it's causing it to turn nope. through that. But I, I think that there's some... Uh, I think that there's some dark magic at work here. That's just me personally. <laughs> I, I, you know, we can either go with science or the dark arts. I yeah. usually go on the side of the dark arts. That's here. what I do too. And um, I think that there is a better way to get to the bottom of this. <laughs> or, or the tomb, if you will. Uh, which leads me to a new uh, segment that I'd like to call... <laughs> <laughs> Your setup is priceless. It's like you started... As soon as we hit record for that moment, <laughs> I'm Shyamalaning it. Here we go. Yeah. I love this setup. No, no, it's nothing big. It's just a, it's a new segment that I'd like to call. Hey, Brendan Fraser, you're probably not busy. <laughs> uh, so, Brendan Fraser, if you're listening, first off, we know you're not busy. So, uh, but hey, Brendan Fraser, you're probably not busy. And since you are, I'm, this is me where I talk to you, Brendan Fraser. So, if you're listening, <laughs> Brendan Fraser, you're oh, probably, you said if. Just, just address him. He's listening. He's listening. He's listening. You're probably not busy, Brandon. And since you are the expert on mummy curses, now I know that this is not necessarily a mummy; it's a statue. But just go with me here, uh, and especially lame curses that only hold your interest for about the first thirty minutes, or maybe the first thirty seconds, as this segment is showing up. Um, <laughs> and yet, I keep going. You should, Brandon. You should volunteer your mummy killing skills and help this museum out. Um, and. Uh, this is not a pyramid scheme. This is just me. It's not a pyramid scheme. Nothing, Eddie? I refuse. Okay. And this is just a simple guy. <laughs> oh, I get it. I just refuse. This is a simple guy <laughs> asking Brendan Fraser to help. That's all I have. Are you referencing a whole bunch of movies? The name of the movie is called Priceless. Uh, do we get that joke? Because the curator's name is Price. And that's oh, how you make a joke. That's uh, brilliant. Yeah. Anybody? That's you deep. are brilliant. That's some deep cuts Jesse. right there. <laughs> Jesse, please help. 
<laughs> You're the Johnny. I think, I think we got a better chance with Billy Zane. Was he in the Mummy? Did you finish your list? That's it's not a list. It's just me. I just, like I was saying. You just wanted to talk. To I just Brendan. wanted to talk to Brendan Fraser, and I said, "Look, this is it's an like opportunity an open for you." To Brendan Fraser. Yeah, it's so, an opportunity for you to do something nice for your community. Or if you live in Manchester, anyway, so the I don't new know. segment is you talk to Brendan Fraser. That's what I'd like to do from now on. <laughs> okay. The second one, he brought the information about the spooked. You know. But that's slices. Right. That's right. slices. Yeah, right. And so right. then, but you can get that news anywhere. <laughs> right. But <laughs> yeah. your new game. Right. So, but I just want to know: is it just talk to Brendan Fraser, Fraser, or is it right. a random celebrity? No, no. I'm specifically <laughs> calling out Brendan Fraser's wheelhouse here. Well, yeah. Like, let's say, let's say next week, Calvin, there's a story in the news about these guys that were digging a pool, hmm. okay, in the backyard yeah. for a big high school end of the year blowout party. Okay, yeah. just this, stick with me. And they come across the remains of a frozen ice man. Yep. Like a caveman. Right. Could you then contact Brendan Fraser as well to figure out what they should do? I think I would contact him, and hopefully he could bring in Polly Shore, and together okay. they would be wheezing the juice. <laughs> I don't, yeah, so if anyone out there knows Brendan Fraser or Mr. Fraser, and no, please notice how I've pronounced, correctly pronounced your name, because I've heard you <laughs> Is correct he on- Jay Leno for years and years. Mr. You Fraser, Leno? if you're listening, no, I used to. I don't oh, anymore. Hey, only when Brendan Fraser. Can we just talk? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, it's really a comic duo that can't be. I missed. have a Google alert for Brendan Fraser. How excited are we for Jimmy Fallon taking over for Jay Leno? Right. Can't wait. I mean, so that good. is. Hey, can we get him on the podcast? No. If anybody from SNL was on the no. show, I would. We could get a, We could get the bottom rung. We could yeah. get the there, newbies. There, but that's the thing with SNL. Or there's no bottom the, rung. Or some yeah, of the old guys. The featured players. No, there's, there's not. There's totally bottom rung. Yeah. No. And featuring. I know they're mm-hmm. featured, but they yeah. are still really, really funny. No. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Agreed. But, I mean, bottom rung of importance. But not, they're not in, we in would get SNL actually, standards. I, rea- I realize they're not the like the famous ones that have been on there for eight seasons, the right. Bill Hader types. But We could probably get somebody like Horatio Sands. From back in now, because he's got, what has right. he got going on? Nothing. He's probably just hanging out with Brendan Fraser. Right. I'm surprised he's <laughs> he didn't do something or isn't doing something with Jimmy Fallon's show because they were all buddy buddy on were, SNL. Yeah, he like he could out. be the Andy. He Richter. could be the Andy Richter. Yeah. 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 Do you know what the SNL tryout is? You know what it takes to get on SNL? What? When you finally get discovered, you have to go and like your tryout for SNL is you stand center stage, main stage, yeah. where you see the show open. Yeah. And you do five minutes yeah. in front of Lorne Michaels, all the writers, yeah. and anybody else who wants to come. So sometimes like Tina Fey will be there and Amy Poehler. I'll sit there, silent, totally, and make you do your five minutes quietly, and you have to do, th- like, three impressions and three characters. So, and I heard they, they add a principle, like, don't laugh, either. Yeah, they just sit stoically. The only one that laughed is Amy Poehler. Be- or, yeah, Amy Poehler, because she can't help herself, you know, she's got that really mm-hmm. loud laugh. But they sit there stoically, and you just have to do a cold five minutes, and you got to work in three impressions and three characters. Well, so, the like, best part of the DVDs is the, like... Uh, the best of DVDs yeah. is, is seeing these clips oh, of like auditions. Will Ferrell's audition yeah. Yeah. and some and how their characters came to be like you know the he guy did Harry Carey in his audition yeah right. and the, mm-hmm. they was... yelling at the kids to get off the shed you know and he's flipping the that that was in his audition yeah unbelievable so good Jimmy Fallon's audition was good have you seen that one no, no. yeah he does Adam Sandler. does he just laugh the whole oh, time oh yeah Sandler's <laughs> really good yeah just... it's fantastic <laughs> he does Adam Sandler for yeah real? he does an amazing Adam Sandler he does it at his audition and you can hear. I think you can hear Lorne Michaels laughing, like breaking their own rule. <laughs> I, I, I think that it, as funny as Jimmy Ta- Fallon is, and, and you know, I know he's a musician and he's got a lot of talents. I think he's most talented as an impressionist. Like oh, his yeah. Seinfeld, Adam Sandler, those are dead on. Oh, and speaking of, have you seen? There was an episode of Jimmy Fallon a few weeks ago where Dana Carvey was on, and he, Dana Carvey did an impression of Jimmy Fallon. It was really good, and it was hilarious. It's really, awesome. and it's, it's simple. And I'll teach you how to do it. All you got to do is I'm, I'm so excited. I'm just I'm so excited. I love you. I, I, you're the best. You're the, I'm so excited. Hey, that's one of your three. 
Right. You're almost there. Actually, I don't think it's... Maybe it's a half right now, but I'm saying... Dana Carvey does that is great. Really funny. Funny. That's yeah. good. I'm so excited. Love Jimmy Fallon. All right, that'll do it for Slices. <laughs> Stay tuned. Up next, Fits in the Tantrums. You're listening to Derek Webb. The song is I Was Wrong, I'm Sorry, and I Love You. Fits in the Tantrums is an L.A.-based group that's kind of larger than life. Their first EP, Songs for a Breakup Volume 1, was back in 2009, and then they released their first full-length, picking up the pieces in 2010, and toured with Maroon 5. Um, the album got three and a half stars by Rolling Stone, spent 73 weeks on Billboard's Heat Seekers chart, peaking at number one. The band was named a You Oughta Know artist by VH1, and views for the video of the hit single Money Grabber surpassed $3 million. They're starting to take off, is the point. The band's just released their new album, More Than Just a Dream, teaming up with producer Tony Hoffer, who's done Beck and M83 in Phoenix. And they're ramping up the timeless song craft and sonic force that made them a worldwide sensation. Our very own Tyler Huckabee recently spoke to them. Here is Fitz and the Tantrums. Are you still in a place where you're like looking at your life and just thinking, how did all this happen? Is that still dawning on you? I'm still in shock and awe when anybody actually knows the music and <laughs> I don't know why, but five years later, it's still surprised when people show up at our shows, you know, and then it's just a lot of, you know, especially with the new record coming out, it's a lot of extra work and promo mm-hmm. and interviews and stuff. And then I find myself in some person's office <laughs> staring out of the 54th window looking at New York City but then tomorrow morning I'll be literally back in LA so it's a culture shock jet lag on steroids How did you and Noelle uh, find each other? I, I've been trying to find the origin story of Ura, how you guys first started like clicking as a band, and, and uh, I'm sure it's out there somewhere, but I haven't found it. Well, pretty much, you know, when I started the band, was I was basically just writing a couple breakup songs because I was just heartbroken and devastated, and I could tell with these songs that something special was happening. I really had felt like I had found my voice vocally, and... Uh, and I called my college friend James King, amazing saxophone player, and he and I started working on a couple of these original ideas. And I just said, you know, we've got to have an amazing vocalist sing on this record, um, you know, to represent the female side of the story of love. 
and uh, and he's recommended Noel. And you know, sometimes bands it can be a lot of work to get the right pairing of people. But this was literally like phone calls. We all met up a week later, you know, and we played the first song, and it was just gangbusters. It was just instant huh. vibe connection. It sounded so good. And her and I just were singing towards each other, and we blended well, and there was just this chemistry and connection. And I literally just said, hold on, guys. And I walked out of the room, and I called this semi-famous club called the uh, Hotel Cafe in L.A., which is sort of more of a singer-songwriter club, and booked a show for us wow. for the next week. And I came back in the room, and I said, guys, we've got a gig next week. And they're like, what? We haven't even played more than one song. We have... How many songs do we even have? I'm like, not enough, but we better get busy. <laughs> and uh, I've always used that technique to sort of cement and crystallize a band. And and everybody in the band is so talented on their, in their own right that just put the six of, of us together. And there's just this special chemistry that just was meant to be. And we kind of have never looked back from that point on. And, Everything that I've read about you guys has mentioned your work ethic or like the hardest working band in the industry or LA's hardest working band. Is that something that you've like, you guys all set out to be or you just naturally all have a, like this sort of tireless burn the candle at both ends ideal? I think we all just have a really strong work ethic and because of the nature of how we just were this do-it-yourself sort of entity, nobody was giving us the time of day, nobody was backing us nobody was you know giving us a record contract but at the same time we knew that there was this immediate magical connection between us our music and our fans uh that we just kept telling us to move forward you know and uh i think we just all took it really seriously it was sort of like a collection of people that had all worked really hard their whole lives and they were all, you know, we were all collectively finally getting our break. So when we saw it sort of crystallizing in front of us, you know, we all just didn't want to leave anything at risk. And we just could feel the harder we worked, the more results we got. And it just kept going and going to the point of like absolute insanity and exhaustion. <laughs> and, and it's still to this day, you know, we take that approach. We've had uh, some real success on a modest level you know and now that we're even on a bigger label we've got even more support and we've got the second record coming out we still are burning the candle at both ends still you know going in playing multiple shows in a day and uh, you know phone or interviews back to back to back and right. pa pack it all in and then take a red eye the next night to get to the next place and but that's, you know, just the way that we've always approached it. And, you know, I think that, you know, it's harder than ever to, to make a living as a musician these days. And, you know, I think there's a lot of people that think that it's just going to be handed to them on a platter. And we've just always believed that hard work was a key component. Uh, and we take great pride in it, that we, uh, we made it happen for ourselves, you know.
That was Fitz and the Tantrums. Check them out at fitzandthetantrums.com. listening to C-A-R, not to be confused with car. The song is Laika or Laika. I don't know. I'm confused. Um, the new issue of Relevant is uh, out now. If you're a subscriber, it probably already hit your mailbox. If uh, you're not a subscriber, you're a freeloader. If, uh, if, you, uh, <laughs> if you have an iPad, it's available now on the iTunes newsstand. And uh, as we do every... By month, we invited in our editors to talk about the new issue. So, welcome to the podcast, our trader Tyler Huckabee. Wow, doesn't feel like a welcome. <laughs> and uh, also, uh, Jesse is here as well. Um, Hello. So, so we wanted to talk about the new issue of Relevant, which you put together before you abandoned us here in Orlando. And um, so it came out a stellar job, by the way. And. Uh, <laughs> Well, it was such a he did such a good job, Jesse, because he knew in the back of his mind it was his swan song. He left it all on the court, as yeah. they say. Yeah, you know, he pulled a Costanza and went out on the high note. I, I, I feel, I feel more proud of the issue that I left you guys with than anything I've ever done before in my life. So I hope that's some consolation. Nope. So the new issue of relevant. Uh, uh, and for those of you listening for the first time, Tyler is still working with us on the on the next issue of Relevance. So this is he's all in a, prison right now. Yeah, he's in timeout. Uh, so this is all a joke. Uh, Vampire Weekend is the cover story, and the timing couldn't have been better. They debuted their new album, and uh, it, it obviously debuted at number one on the Billboard charts, which is great. We have a number one uh, band on our cover, but more than just being a, a you know a successful band, trendy. A buzz band right now. Uh, this album took a really unexpected spiritual turn. And uh, Tyler, why don't you talk to us about that? Well, I, I think that most of us probably have an idea of what, if, if you know Vampire Weekend, you have an idea of what they are, which is a, a, a very good band who's sort of known for nonsensical, non sequitur lyrics that, that don't tend to mean much of anything, as far as I can tell with their previous albums. Which is why their new album, Modern Vampires of the City, was such a... Uh, I, I would say it's my favorite album of the year so far that I've heard, and that's a big statement. But the things they address on this album in terms of growing older, uh, big questions about God and faith and spirituality, it caught us all by surprise. And uh, we we weren't thinking that it, this was going to be much of a, an interview. Like, we wanted to cover them because we liked them. But the interview took such a surprisingly deep and interesting turn that uh, the more we talked to him and more listened to the new album, the more we started to think, this is a cover story. Like, people need to know about this album. And I'm glad they are because I haven't stopped listening to it since it came out. It's a great, great album. And yeah, it, it'll probably be remembered as one of the big albums of 2013. I think I read, I forget who's, who said this. I, I think it was on The Guardian. They Their quote was, and I agree, all of a sudden, Vampire Weekend sounds like a band that's here to stay, and that—that's my take on on what the album means too. And it, they had—they had a great conversation with us. They were really open, and uh, and what they said was was fascinating. Uh, if you haven't heard the new album, here is a clip. Through the heart, through the flame, you only 
The issue is also full of uh, a wide variety of stuff. We know it's a summer issue. Uh, a lot of people are traveling and, and whatnot. You have some beach time on your hands, maybe. Uh, and so, as we usually do, we'll, we'll do an annual reading guide, and that showed up in this issue, our summer reading guide. So, uh, we, we handpicked a, a number of uh, books, uh, Christian books and nonfiction books and fiction books, uh, that we are really excited about, and uh, really great curated list there. And then we also talked to a couple of authors, a couple of Pulitzer Prize winners, and, you know, no big deal. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> Uh, as well. So the summer reading guide is in there. It's always a hit. We love it. That's also a great looking layout too. Oh, nice. I like how that one came together. We talked to, uh, you might know him as the author of a, of a series of unfortunate events. He goes by Lemony Snicket. And if you want to know what his real name is, you can find it in the summer reading guide. That's right. We do. We did a profile on him. You know, there's a little, little special section there. Uh, a big special section that we have is uh, Reject Apathy. If you've been around uh, Relevant for a while, you know that Reject Apathy has been our sister magazine where we focus on social justice and, and, you know, kind of Christian compulsion to impact the world around us. And it's taken on a variety of formats over the years. Uh, It's a a section at our website. It's been an issue that was mailed with Relevant twice a year. Uh, We've tried a bunch of different formats. And now we're settling on yet another one. So twice a year, July and January, the issue of Relevant will have a special expanded Reject Apathy section. Um, it'll be about 20, 25 pages and uh, be able to kind of replace the standalone magazine. The thing that we were frustrated with is that we were saying this is such an important thing to us that we made it its own magazine. But what it really did, in hindsight, is that it it removed it from relevant. And so this thing that is so important to relevant actually was uh, removed and separated from relevant. So we think this integration of twice a year doing a special section, and then obviously every other issue has a smaller section of reject apathy uh, is the right, the right model. So to kick that off, we did uh, a, a kind of a, a manifesto, if you will, a, uh, on justice, uh, a reject apathy manifesto, highlighting kind of the, the pillars and values of how we view, um, you know, how our generation should engage uh, social justice. And so it's a formative piece, uh, very important to kind of like challenge your worldview on how we should engage those around us. There's a great variety in there too of the different issues that that are examined. Every you know, it's it's you know, poverty, creation, care, loss of innocence. It really does hit on a lot of different really important issues. Well, those are the five pillars of reject apathy, and the connectedness between them is that they're all life issues, and that we as Christians should stand for those who can't stand for themselves, and we should care about life issues. And so, you know, the manifesto really does connect and illuminate how creation care. Defense of innocence, you know, from the womb to child trafficking, uh, preventable disease, poverty, and violence are all connected as life issues, and that um, we as Christians should kind of have a well-formed theology about those things and engage them. Uh, it's a it's a good piece. You're right, and it's accessible too. It's uh, very blurry and all that. Um, in this section, we also look at uh, Lynn Heibel's wrote a fascinating piece about women in the Congo. Uh, uh, we 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 hit a hot button issue. Four things Christians need to remember about gun control. That's going to get talked about. And we also look at uh, the ethics of of our consumerism and uh, where do your clothes come from. It's a really fascinating piece. Uh, Tyler Wick Stevenson wrote for us. Uh, Lynn Hybels, like I said, and a few other notable authors. So uh, definitely worth checking out. Sinking sinking your teeth into the reject apathy section. And if you've never read a piece by Lynn Hybels, she is such a good 
communicator and the way like her her heart she made i didn't know that i cared about women in the congo but now I, I really care about what's happening in the Congo, her, her energy for her and how much she cares about justice. And she just makes it a part of her, like it's her whole life instead of just being a segment of her life. It's really, really inspiring. And, and it comes through in this piece probably more than anything else I've ever read from her. We're not going to go through every piece in the issue, but uh, some of the other kind of fascinating ones, uh, notable ones that jump out to me. Uh, Peter Hitchens is uh, somebody we talked to. Tyler, tell us about that. That was interesting. We... I was familiar with the work of Christopher Hitchens. He was a, a very famous atheist who you've probably you've probably heard of as well. Uh, he did a lot of writing for, for Slate and continued on past that and, and was very notable for being sort of a contrarian, um, but, but very, very intelligent writer. And he passed a few years ago. And we found out that his brother, Peter, his uh, younger brother, is over in the UK and is a very notable op-ed writer over there. He he has a very large following and he hasn't really translated stateside as much. Um, but he, uh, although he at one point was an atheist like his brother, has since become a, a very strong Christian and his faith informs his worldview in, a, in an extremely integrated way. That, so we, we wanted to hear his story, first of all, about what's it like to be be brothers with the world's most famous atheist but uh but he also took us in, in sort of a surprising direction on on what faith means for him particularly in terms of the social sphere it was a great interview he was a he's a fascinating just blazingly intelligent mind that was he, he was hard to interview i can tell you i could not keep up with what he was saying and i understood about 30 percent of the words um, <laughs> because of his uh, vocabulary not his british accent no, no. You'll have time to Google those words when you're reading it. So hopefully it's good. <laughs> um, elsewhere in the issue, uh, one of our favorite kind of indie buzz bands, Alt-J, we talked to them. If You, you know what? We're going to stop. We're going to play a clip of Alt-J right now. How can you not like All J? See, yes. look at that. All right. Yeah. Um, so uh, All J's in there. Seven ways to get out of debt this summer. Practical piece. Great piece. Uh, we look at on the spiritual side. We look at things like does prayer work, and uh, it's something we've all struggled with. You know, unanswered prayers, and does prayer change God's mind? Does pr- you know? Anyway, it's uh, yeah. it's a great piece. Uh, is the church a broken institution? We've all had um, probably, or most of us have had, you know, things happen in our church experiences that disillusioned us or hurt us. And the question is, is it just a broken institution? And what do we do about that? Um, and, and, you know, our generation is leaving the church in droves because of this. And so, you know, looking at it honestly is uh, it's a hard thing, but an important thing. Uh, we also, Jesse, you wrote a piece on social media etiquette tweet this oh, not yeah. that yeah I, that this was this was fun putting together because i think we've all had the experience of encountering friends on social media who who uh, have some annoying habits so you know i tried to test all of this bad behavior 
personally, and, and you know, this is the first person. No, I'm just kidding. So, <laughs> the, yeah, the piece just looks at annoying habits of people on social media and how to avoid them, uh, like being a, a little too forthcoming in, in your workout habits or uh, having an overabundance of selfies or trying to persuade someone of your controversial political opinion in 140 words. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> And some of the, the things that can happen. And the other thing that I tried to do in this piece is if you know someone who, who or if you are this person, I give you a couple practical steps of how I, how this piece could help reform you. Nice, I like it. Uh, front matter, I've I've noticed a couple of uh, things uh, getting tweeted about the, the slice that we did about uh, Chris Tomlin being the yeah. most sung artist in the world is already. I see people tweeting about that. Um, and in the drop, uh, we spotlight some some great artists. Actually, uh, one of the bands that we spotlight in the drop is uh, Heim. And they're on the cover of The Fader this month. Did you see oh, that? Oh, they are? Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. Hi, oh, wow. They're our lead uh, artist to watch, and they're on the cover of The Fader, which I thought was very validating. They're a great band. Here, here's, here's a clip of, of Heim. Also in the magazine, Citizens, Telekinesis. Uh, we talked. Christopher yeah, Nolan. Yeah. Yeah. We talked to uh, filmmaker Christopher Nolan, who is a producer on uh, Man of Steel, but obviously he's a filmmaker behind Memento and all the, Bat- the great Batman Dark movies. Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we talked to him. We talked to Jesus Culture uh, singer Kim Walker Smith, um, who has a new project coming out. Uh, one of my favorite uh, worship leaders out there. There's a lot. It's just jam packed. There's a lot going on in this issue. So um, if you want to, if you want to check it out, there's a few ways you can do it. Number one, newsstands, Barnes and Noble, some independent stores nationwide, some airports nationwide. Check it out. If you don't see it on your newsstand, ask for it. It helps. Number two, you can view the issue right now at relevantmagazine.com. You can flip through it uh, and, and see the issue right there. You'll, it's right there on the right hand side. You'll see it. View current issue. Um, check that out. If you have an iPad, you can go over to the newsstand and, and download our interactive edition. Let me tell you, it goes up to a whole nother level as far as yeah. like the drop and the reading yeah. guide and all the stuff that you can experience in the iPad edition that's, um, that takes it way further than what the paper can do. Um, it's, it's, we're proud of our iPad edition. <laughs> and, uh, and obviously, if you want to get all of it, you can subscribe. If you go over to relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe, it's less than 15 bucks. You get six print issues. You get instant access to the iPad edition included for free. Uh, you get access to all the magazine content on the website, all the archives. And if you become a subscriber, you get uh, bonuses throughout the year, like free albums and, and other stuff coming up. So it's a great deal. We think you'd like the magazine. And uh, we'd appreciate the support. So go check it out. The new issue of Relevant. It's out now. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us. See you, Tyler. You would go back into timeout now. <laughs> Bye, guys. Nice to talk to you, too. <laughs> All right. Stay tuned. Up next, feedback. Say
You're listening to Mr. Little Jeans. It sounds very uncomfortable. <laughs> the song is Waterfalls. You get used to Which oh. you would not want to be around no. if you're wearing little no. jeans. Because, go yes, it's a cover of the TLC classic. <laughs> Lonely mother. Remember? Cord- Cord- <laughs> 1998 Cord- podcast Cord- again. In Cox's Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's time for your feedback, corrections, and apologies. Uh, first up, the corrections and apologies. Um, Ty- Tyler Davis on Facebook said, Power of Love is by Huey Lewis in the News, folks. Obvi. Gosh, I can't believe we got that wrong. Rob Mitchell on the episode page, we got a few here, pointed out, um, he said, at the risk of being labeled a grammar Nazi, hey, we don't take Nazism lightly. I feel I must point out that when commenting on John Acuff's voice, the wrong word was used. A dulcimer is an instrument. Nope. I think the word you were wanting to use was a dulcet. Was dulcet. I wanted to mention this as I'm sure y'all will be able to get some mileage from it. From most people, that would be true, except John Acuff actually does have dulcimer tones. Dulcimer tones. His kind of voice an, sounds like the noise that comes out of a dulcimer. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like an Appalachian Cracker Barrel kind I of sound. I knew what I was saying. <laughs> yeah, you got it. <laughs> uh, Jared Jennings on Twitter, at Jared Jennings, called us out for the mispronunciation of GIF. I don't remember who said it, but it is GIF. Did somebody yes, say GIF? We said GIF. I'm sure I did. Yep. Uh, oh, it yeah. is GIF. I still feel like that's not a word, and you can pronounce it any way you want. Yeah, I and ref- I kind of feel like the jury's still out. No, the guy who made the word said, this is the word that I it's made. It's not his word it's anymore. Not a word, and it's an extension. It's America's word. It's a dot G-I-F. Like, right. That's not a thing. It's GIF. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to call a dot com something else just yeah. because the guy who invented it wants me to. Sorry. Bingo. Uh, sorry, sorry, Mr. JPEG. It doesn't yeah. work like that. Rail James <laughs> on Twitter uh, said, Love you guys loads, but found the handling of the hair tight story a bit unnerving. Mm. Uh, folks, mm. it's about preventing sexual assault. Uh, yeah. 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 Looking at you, Calvin. <laughs> well, it is sort of an absurd product. I mean, I know it, it, it says it has good intention, but it, it, it seems a little... Absurd. It's not like a you know mace or something. Yeah, know? I don't. I don't think anybody is intentionally making making light of the seriousness of what it's trying to prevent. Right. But still, the absurdity of the of just wearing that. tactic of yeah, yeah, it just seems like an absurd right. tactic to prevent something right. that. So is we were lampooning horrible. absurdity, not making light of the terrible, terrible crime. Correct. Yeah, great. Right. It's a great inventive idea, and I was just trying to take a that forever. story and a stretch forever. it out to something. Bit more. Yeah. So, so uh, this is the corrections and apologies segment that would qualify as a necessary apology. Yes, yep. our bad. All right. And last but not least, Michael A. Hall on Twitter said, "Please inform Jesse." I like any of them that say, "Please inform Jesse." Michael C. Hall. Please, please inform Jesse that a galaxy is a collection of billions of stars. There are no galaxies um, seventeen light years away. Please, uh, nerd. Galaxies. Yeah, I, t- I prefaced by saying this is the science pod, science podcast. I'm talking about aliens here, so it's also called a GIF. <laughs> actually, actually, I pronounce it galaxy. <laughs> Good job. That's why we love you. Yeah, well done. Well done. I refuse to apologize for that, by the way. <laughs> All right. So there's our. The our, jury's still out on astronomy. Is it any surprise that Eddie Podcast's first show and Calvin's return show yeah, we had resulted in list. the most. Yeah. Corrections and apologies. I spent two ever. hours this morning compiling all of the corrections and apologies. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> all right. A book. So it's time for your feedback. Last week, the question of the week, we asked you to Gosh. help us come up with a nickname for any new podcast. I never even actually said your name this week. It's Eddie Koffoltz. That's right. So there you go. That, Eddie Koffoltz is his real name. Hey, what's and, up? Uh, so, but he wants it. He doesn't like, like Koffoltz. 
I mean, they don't dislike it, but it's, you no, know. We're saying, we're saying we don't kind of like it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so if we were to come up with a nickname. Let me let's clarify. This would be the moment that we come up with it. You helped us out. You went over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. You hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast, and you posted on our podcast Facebook page as well your suggestions and maybe the persona he should adopt. Persona these, I should adopt. You know, with these with these suggestions. So this oh, would be the name, this would be the backstory or I thought the you persona. meant like English aristocrat. Yes. Yeah, I was thinking accents. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> That's one of my three impressions. Here's a few of our favorites. I think Logan Light contributed well, his first one's my favorite. He had a couple. His what, three in uh, in cred E D capitalized options, incredible options. <laughs> the first one is Barracuda. Mm-hmm. Because Eddie took the podcast fast and aggressive, just like a barracuda attacking its prey. And he also said, you know, a couple variations on that. But one of those, we could just call him Cuda. The Cuda. The Cuda. I don't know. I don't like it. What, Cuda or the Cuda? But he, but no, Cuda. No, I Either. liked his last option on that, that, that paragraph, though, which was just fish face. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of dropped everything and just went fish face. You know, still really funny. It's Logan. still about a cool barracuda, but we're calling you fish face. Yeah. Yeah. Logan and I are best friends now, by the way. I thought he was really kind. Anyhow, keep going. Well, you could go now. No, I don't. Is this how it happens? You when just, I say yeah, something, jump, I have to... No, no, you just jump around. Oh, yeah. I was just paying attention uh, to what Jesse was saying. I don't have my own thoughts, but I'll find some. I like what Michael Lettner... Well, Michael Lettner commented a few things, but I liked when he got down to just some nickname suggestions, <laughs> which was really was the homework, but he, he offered more. Right. Silk Eddie. Silk. I, like I love Silk Eddie. And then he, and he, qual- <laughs> he qualifies it as for, you know, for being lactose intolerant. Silk yeah. Eddie. Just to be clear, I'm not lactose intolerant. I right, but for those who can experience, you know, your personality who are lactose intolerant, they now have oh. a silk, a silk Eddie. So I, silk Eddie, silk I, is specifically the, the soy milk reference. It's a soy milk product. Yeah, it's sponsored by silk. It has nothing to do with his garments that he wears. Or but but ha- I do think you should start wearing silk. What he drapes mm-hmm. himself in uh, to relax at night during Eddie time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, Adam, he went along with with that same theme uh, because of your background in the pool business. Uh, he, he had a couple options, but I really like just pool boy or <laughs> the, the leak. leak. <laughs> That's good. It's because of your leak detection Eddie, skills. Eddie the leak coffolds. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I liked Easy E, you know, the classics. Yeah. Eddie Spaghetti. Nobody wrote that, but they should have. <laughs> I was going to say, who that said was, that? That was all K through fifth grade. Eddie Spaghetti. There is an Easy E, actually. Jay Gray. Yeah, somebody wrote Easy E. I'm not good at this part of the show yet. Sure. So it's all right. it takes to, a while. Just to be really clear, you guys are going really fast and furious here, and I'm. You, come on, Cuda, keep up. So <laughs> we call this segment Fast and Furious. Classic Cuda. <laughs> Christine said, uh, uh, Steady Eddie. Steady Eddie. Nah. Because it's referring to his necessary steady demeanor during counseling sessions. Oh, oh wow. Wow. That's got some spiritual punch, too. Yeah, this isn't a, a nickname, but Trevor Goodman had a good point on Twitter. He said the relevant podcast is like working fast food. The coworker conversations oh, can be is... awkward, and there's a lot of turnover. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that that struck a little too close to home. Yeah. Uh, I didn't like that. So, uh, could be a tagline though. <laughs> it's a little below the hair stockings, <laughs> which are a valid product that can defend and prevent attack <laughs> i just want to say i like uh I, are you, hold on i have one. Oh, oh before you say it okay. no, eddie really, has one down, yes. okay you guys ready 
Woo. All right, here we go. Here we go. Woo. Ray said, Under the uh, dome. I really liked Ray's whole paragraph because it was like really good writing to get every single joke in that could possibly <laughs> okay. have it. Easy Eddie was always a common response to Eddie's outrageous outburst, raging, rambling rants, and his little miracles he normally performed <laughs> while wearing his nightly night shirt and only when the theme song to Night at the Roxbury is playing at high volume. I mean, that's a, that is the John Acuff of sentences. <laughs> <laughs> thus, the, thus, the that's pastor nice. would need to step in with Easy Eddie. There were only a couple of announcements. Luckily, and this is where he turns the corner and just goes for it. Luckily, Sugarloaf was always Easy Eddie's kryptonite, and thus was the only. And so it continues. Yeah. But I was really proud of Ray. That took some work. Eddie callback. Callback. Hey, you know, you know, a lot of people I. See people on twitter like say you know somebody will say like what are some good podcasts listen to and somebody who likes oh. the podcast will reply and say i like i listen to the relevant podcast and, da, 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 and a few others and 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 then i'll i'll always click to see their interaction to see what and and the, there's usually a follow-up tweet or two to explain mm-hmm. to the person okay if you're gonna listen to the relevant podcast <laughs> here's a few things you need to know yeah. <laughs> and 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 it's always en- enlightening to me and they're usually saying like you know, if you if you're gonna start, go as far back as you can because there's so many inside jokes that are referenced, da, 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 and it goes week to week, and you just you're gonna feel lost for the first few weeks. It's it's like picking up Mad Men right in the middle, just right? Right. Work. And so we're at saying, that same artistic. If you, and right. it's impossible at this point to start at the beginning, so you know. Uh, just don't give up. It's kind of what their advice is. Don't give up. <laughs> stick so, with them. Stick with it. I think so, that's how you know we got a good thing going. But but Chad, <laughs> I was thinking, you know, as a reference, future reference, last week's show. Mm-hmm. Is not a bad starting point. No, you're right. Because oh, yeah. there's new things that clearly... If you started with this week's, you'd be completely, completely confused with lost. this feedback segment. Yeah, that's right. true. But if you started last week, it's yeah. actually not a bad jump So either start point. at 2007 or start at last week. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Five. Your Plus, 2005. Right. 2005. Plus that Young Oceans interview and their music was amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I was so really good. into that. Did it transport you to an airport? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Mentally. I want to listen to their whole album. I'm pretty stoked about them. Yeah. They're great. Actually, I've, I noticed a lot of people on Twitter discovering Young Oceans. Yeah, I saw that too. I was really happy about that. They're a great, great group, great worship. Very cool stuff. Anyway, so tell your friends. If you've been hesitant to tell your friends about the podcast or you couldn't explain <laughs> it to them, tell them. Yeah. Start it last week's start, show. Yeah, That's not last too week bad. Is a good starting point. Yeah. yeah. A lot of there fresh. you go. All right. Well, if you want to read the uh, feedback uh, or chime in or give your input on, on the suggestions for Eddie's nickname, uh, jump in over at the podcast episode page. All right, that'll do it for last week's feedback. It's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Well, earlier Eddie told us about the awkward conversation that he had with Mac Powell. Uh, I got a demo. <laughs> and um, that was my impression of it. <laughs> That's impression of me. Cuda. Yeah. Sounded like the Cuda. Classic. And, uh, we call him the Cuda. I'm sorry. It just sounds like Andy calling Jim. Big tuna. Oh, that's, uh, yeah, that's really, you're right. That's really true. All right, Plot. but I'm not gonna stop. Plot. Yeah. Cuda. No, you can't Plot. stop. Nobody can stop the Cuda. <laughs> um, so the old fish face. No yeah. one will stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it got us. It got us thinking about about awkward. You know, celebrity conversations where like you know you met so and so or you were sitting in line and you know and then you finally had opportunity to say something or you struck up the nerve and you said something that you just wish you could pull the words out of the air and <laughs> take it all back uh we want to know your embarrassing and or awkward celebrity encounters how many of these do you think will, will involve emmanuel lewis <laughs> i think uh, you 100 yeah. <laughs> percent oh, few all right See what we what we don't want is stories of I saw so and so like right. I saw yeah. oats from Holland Oats in the morning. Right? Or you I didn't saw straight, Lee Corso. 
at the meat store. And I didn't. Right. I stalked him with a photo, but I did not speak to Lee, right. of course, over so carrying not, his I box. Saw, I saw Lil Bow on the Atlanta airport. Right. The story we want is not you saw someone. The story we want is, ah, and you said something right. to them. Mm-hmm. That's what we want. Yeah. yeah. I once worked in a hotel and uh, in Boston, and do you, you know who Dennis Leary is? Yeah. yeah. Rescue Me oh, yeah, and all that. Of course. Yeah, He's of course. from Boston, the big Super kind of funny Boston yeah, comedian. Yeah, yeah. And he was staying in that hotel with his family, sure. at least a few kids. And at one point, so I was working the front desk. So you interact with these people all the time, and I was kind of one of the. Uh, Oh, just ask Calvin to go do it. Like, oh, like, Calvin, go, go do a go do a run to get something. So I actually went to. Uh, I did some shopping for Dennis Leary's. Son. I think we need to have a new segment on the show. Ask Calvin to do it. Ask Calvin to do <laughs> it. I like it. You went shopping what, what, for what Dennis Leary's son. What do you buy son? for Dennis Leary's family? Uh, shoes and books. I got uh, hmm. some shoes for his son, which, which was the beginning of Cloak and Dapper. Uh, <laughs> right. right there. What kind of shoes? I, I don't recall. Uh, it's a hard hitting interview. What kind of shoes did you get, Dennis Leary's son? They were Nikes. <laughs> but yeah, so that was interesting. And then I just remember the guy, like Dennis Leary, sounding vocally, sounding angry, but yet being very thankful hmm. and very oh. you know grateful. Like, did you say something you. that you regretted? Well, what did he say? I don't regret. Thanks for getting you know. Oh, thanks it, it, for getting uh, these freaking shoes uh, for my oh, kid. Yeah, good impression. That's number two for your SNL. <laughs> like, really, like really great. Okay, this, this no, no, no. This is true. This is what he Dennis said. Leary when a guy from a hotel brings his son's shoes. Right, he actually said, thanks for spending my money for me, or something like that. Like, kind of tongue-in-cheek. Uh, and then he, I think he gave me 20 bucks or a $40 tip, which I thought was amazing. He gave me a signed baseball. Signed baseball. He <laughs> but he wrote the name. He tossed it to me, and he said, follow your dreams, see? <laughs> <laughs> this baseball, you just wrote Ken Griffey Jr. on this baseball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A Dennis Leary signed Ken Griffey Jr. ball is worth. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So I actually See, that's one of the most memorabilia I've owned a collect. I actually yeah. have just it. Oddball it's stuff. Just super crazy weird. I have it for sale right now at Cloak and Dapper. If you want to make a bid, <laughs> so we're, we're so, turning into yeah. a bidding site. But that wasn't yeah. really awkward. That wasn't an embarrassing story. You didn't do anything wrong. You did it well. He gave you money afterwards. I, I guess I felt. I felt like it was awkward. An like, embarrassing story is clamming up in front of Mac Powell and barely being able to talk. See, your yeah. story was like awesome. See, like you're, I have I have an awkward one. Oh. It's same same hotel. My first day at work at this hotel, I had to go to Iggy Pop's room Ooh. and tell him that his limousine was waiting for him and it had been waiting for him for three hours. Oh yeah. Now <laughs> I had already called the room Classic or attempted Iggy. to call the room. This is my first day on the job. So I'd Iggy. called the room two or three times. He's not answering. What a stooge. The limousine. Oh, there you go. The limo driver has come into the lobby a few times and say, "Hey, you need to get him. He's late for whatever." So I you finally tell the limo driver to go up there. Yeah, well, yeah, Iggy Pop is insane. I guess he's got the car. He's got the car running out there. Was like, Dennis Leary driving it? Yeah, he's like, hey, go get some, <laughs> put some gas in the limo. Um, hey, tussled your hair. Tussled your <laughs> Joe Montana signed basketball. You're like, this doesn't even make sense, Dennis Leary. He doesn't even play basketball. Get out of here. If I was a celebrity, I would absolutely do that. I would sign the wrong names to things. Yeah, so I um, I had to go to his room to let you him know. You misspelled Montana, too. <laughs> you put two T's. M-A-U-N, Tana. On a basket, yeah, on an NBA basketball. Here you and go. he just randomly gives it to you. <laughs> Um, <laughs> instead of a tip, it's <laughs> a lipstick yeah, kiss autograph. Yeah, in lieu of a tip, yeah. uh. I will give you this misspelled Joe Montana sign basket <laughs> that I'm going to create right in front of you. <laughs> I'm going to need to borrow a pen and a basketball. 
Maybe you go get that basketball for yeah, me. I'm gonna give you a couple bucks. Yeah, here's twenty bucks. That. That's a great end to a joke. I'm gonna have to borrow a pen and a basketball. That is a good crafted joke. Nice job. Thank you. <laughs> that is really good. So I a cuff lost. I a cuff that one. You totally did. <laughs> Ooh, another question would have been, what are you the John A. Cuff of? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. All right, finish. Oh, um, so, Iggy Pop. <laughs> so I have to go up to Iggy Pop's room and tell him that his limo is there. Now, some a lot of celebrities that stay at hotels or whatever, they stay under you know aliases, fake names, right? Sure. So Iggy Pop's alias with us was Thurston Howell III. Okay. Cool. Of Gilligan's <laughs> Not Island. Not suspicious at all. Gilligan's <laughs> Island fame. So you have to call the guest that you can't call them by their real names when they you're talking on the phone you see them in person you have to call them by that name huh. so i go to the name and i say mr how the I'm, I'm, i knock on the door and i say mr how the third it's calvin from the front desk <laughs> and he opens up he's shirtless of course right. of course and bleeding course. from the chest yeah. <laughs> like ripped muscular and skin falling off of his yeah. body wrinkled and yeah. and very frightening and i say Fairly. uh mr how uh your limo is waiting downstairs. They've been trying to get a hold of you. And he's like, oh, yeah, I know, I know. Okay, thanks, man. And he has, actually had a very deep voice, and it was very daunting. And he, he had a girlfriend there with him walking around uh, with a little chihuahua or something. And there was this awkward moment where I was like, okay, so sh- should I tell him? Is chihuahua a drug term? Yes. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And uh, <laughs> so I didn't know. that He walked away, and he left the door open. And so I was just kind of standing there, and I kind of feel like, Oh, maybe he walked away to, to give me a tip or something. This is my first day on the job. I don't know. And hey, Here's um, a hockey puck signed by Flo from Progressive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good one. I'm going to need a hockey stick. Had you, been, a, had you been kind of brewing that? For, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I that was, was waiting for it. That yeah, was yeah. awesome. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. So I'm standing there in the doorway, not really sure what to do. Uh-huh. And, uh, and then I'm just kind of to cut the ice, break the ice or whatever the term is. Top of I, the ice. <laughs> under the dome. Wheels are off the dome. I, I just say, <laughs> yeah, I guess he's being a real Gilligan. Oh, oh no! Because it of, the, because of the Thurston How the Third thing. Did it get you thinking? I hadn't quite perfected my banter. <laughs> he came at that out point. and punched you right in the face. Right. No, but he had. He did not get it at all. And then he just kind of slowly walks back toward me, and I'm thinking, he okay, just cool. Goes, huh. And I'm thinking, okay, cool. He's gonna give me some money. We're gonna wash the whole thing, and he just kind of slowly shuts the door in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, in his, yeah. Uh, and I, I went downstairs, and that was the last I saw of ejected. Yeah. And he got that's pretty good. Okay, that's what we want. That's, that's what we want. That's it. Good. That's Saying good. something that you wish you could take back. Yeah. Yes. That's good. Good like, stuff. Like my first podcast. <laughs> a few moments. Yeah, a few moments yeah. of it. So uh, <laughs> head over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Post your replies right there in the comments. Tell us on Twitter at Relevant Podcast or post it on our podcast Facebook page. We'll read our favorites next week. Many thanks uh, to Fitz and the Tantrums for talking to us. Make sure to check out their brand new album, more than just a dream, wherever good music is sold. And uh, find out more at fitsandthetantrums.com. Oh, you can also follow them on Twitter, at fitsandtantrums. If you want to check out the new issue of Relevant, it's up and available at our website, realmagazine.com. You can look at the digital viewer there for free. If you want to buy it, it's available on newsstands nationwide and obviously on the Apple newsstand. Uh, if you want to subscribe, it's only 15 bucks. You get six print issues, instant access to the iPad edition, uh, access to all the magazine content on the website. You get uh, exclusives and albums throughout the year. It's a great deal, and we'd appreciate the support. I think you'll like it. The newest show relevant featuring Vampire Weekend out now. On that note, we will wrap it up. I'm Cameron Nightshirt. 
<laughs> I'm fish face. <laughs> I'm, I'm just Calvin Kearley. Oh. <laughs> Who we love. Oh, we love him. <laughs> I'm Thurston Halithur. <laughs> <laughs> For Chad Michael Snavely. We'll see you next week. You're being a real Gilligan. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Already classic and it hasn't even happened yet. Bolts on that 100 meter dash with the fastest jet. Stepped on the track and I already lapped the best. That's the flex classic as a jazzy death scratching set. Me and Bastard, we bout as classic as classic gets. Classic as a Bob Cousy pass back to Havlicek. Going back to Cali like going back to snapping next. Going back to Nazareth classic. Homie Shad's event going over heads like Thanks for listening to the Relevant Podcast. Go follow us on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. And for more great content, check out relevantmagazine.com. So do you think when Jim Stanbridge visits the uh, <laughs> visits the Vatican, uh-huh. he, uh, he drives like, there in a conclave enclave? Mm. Boy, that Brilliant. magic that magic could have happened on the show. Really? <laughs> I could have. He why'd you holster that one? <laughs> 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 no, I was trying. Look, I was trying. Uh, why'd you? <laughs>